This is the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk all things March Madness, make our picks, and squeeze in a little NFL talk in between. Make sure to check us out, check our bracket out on Bro Storm Sports on the ESPN Bracket Challenge. Thanks for listening. It's Bro Storm Sports with your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovich. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring intern P, the basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro storm. Welcome to the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. It is Monday, March 13th, and it is the day after Selection Sunday. That means we are officially in ASS time, ass time, after Selection Sunday, the day after the day by which all time is measured. We're excited to be here tonight. I'm joined by my brother Scott Bushka and Nick Kammer. How are we doing tonight, fellas? Did you come, did you come up with that one yourself? Ask well, time. I've been saying for a while. <laughs> I've been saying for a while that Selection Sunday is like you have pre-Selection Sunday and post-Selection Sunday or after Selection Sunday. But on the radio, I can't say ass time. So ah. I brought it out for the podcast. Got so it. Pre-Selection what, Sunday what is, is, is that piss time? PSS. PSS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is up, fellas? I, w- I, w- I would say that uh, I went away for a couple weeks and it's like nothing changed, but you got rid of one dumbass and added another one. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Welcome, Nick. Well, thanks, Scott. I really appreciate that. <laughs> we, we, we held on to the other dumbass. He's, he's over here chugging natural lights. Yeah. Intern P couldn't make it tonight. Speaking of which, Intern P is on uh, spring break right now, so... We all know that he's never going to hear this, so feel free to still make fun of him on the pod, even though he's not here tonight. Is this a post-college intern? Post-college spring break? Is he even in college anymore? He's in college. He's taking courses. I can dig it. I mean, I would go on... I'm actually going on spring break Wednesday. So I'm going to New Orleans. Wow. Amazing. Perk of Marianne... a school teacher, we still celebrate spring break. That's an awesome deal. Yeah, um, spring break. Sasha, are you funding uh, intern P's spring break, no, or not, who paid for that trip? Intern P makes a few <laughs> shekels here and there. <laughs> It'll be a cheap one if he's going off all his winnings from his Creighton bets, but who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I do think most of intern P's income goes to sports gambling uh definitely doesn't go to rent um and then apparently the <laughs> other 20 percent that's left over goes to spring break trips so yeah anyways well it's disappointing that he's not here to talk about march madness to get his picks um i'm quite certain that he would choose creighton to go to the final four i think they're at what a six seed in the i don't know one of the four brackets six seed in the east south yeah um well they are a six seed in the top left quadrant which is the south um yeah it'll be interesting uh intern p is in or i forwarded the uh family bracket challenge that you sent out to us today and if he's as good at picking brackets as he was in fantasy football it should be some exciting content for the pod 
Yeah. I was going to say intern P is not invited to the family bracket, but it's $25 free for everyone, so we might as well let him play. 100%. Free money. Well, it's actually just Sasha giving you $25, so probably just cut a gun the roundabout way of that, but... Yeah, that I've never, um, I've never, I've been doing bracket challenges with Sasha for approximately 35 years now, 34, 35 years now. I don't think I've ever seen him come close to winning. That's, that's not entirely inaccurate. Uh, (laughs) pretty bad at picking brackets. Uh, However, there was a magical year and I, I kind of attribute it to COVID. Um, two years ago when the entire tournament was played in Indianapolis takes a little few of the variables out Baylor won it all and I won a bracket that year uh, the year that Baylor won it all so uh, up until that time in my life uh, the brackets were the bane of my existence however I don't think it's quite been 35 years because I just turned 35 like two weeks ago so I'd say maybe like 30 years yeah Okay, I mean, still one and one out of thirty. <laughs> it's not great. It's pretty odd. bad. Yeah, it's not <laughs> great. Odd. So the brackets were revealed yesterday. Obviously, we've got our four number one seeds: Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. In that order, actually, uh, is the way they were listed on the seed lines. Uh, so, I guess first things before we get into like the draws and who has the bad draws. Were you okay with that order on the seed line? Okay with those four being number ones? Uh, thoughts on on the top line overall? I mean, you know my point of view, and people are going to call me a homer, so I'm going to let Nick jump in first. So I was pretty okay. <clears throat> really, I thought, I mean, Purdue's by far the worst number one seed um, out of those four. but. I really thought Houston had a chance of getting the one seed um, overall, but I think those four are the top four in the nation right now. Um, if you take anybody else from a two seed, I, I think Marquette's the worst two seed. Um, but I would say overall, I mean, I've got Bama personally winning the winning it. So with that being said, I'm I'd say I'm all right with uh, – with what they chose for the one through four. (laughs) Nick's got Bama winning it so much for that segment. Um, Wait, wait, did you say, did did you just say next you have Alabama winning it? Yeah, that's what he said. Do you, I've been, I've been out of the podcast for a couple weeks now, but I, but did, how much conversation was there about all of Alabama's players uh, openly carrying? I, I feel like it, it, I don't know if we brought it up at all. Did did that come up, Nick? Yeah, we, we talked did. about it we, one day. We did. Um, we kind of switched from the because his name is it Brandon Miller. Is that right? Brandon, yeah, Brandon Miller. Yeah. So we kind of switched in between him and Ja Morant, and weren't sure who was the the bigger jackass of the two. I think we decided on Ja Morant, but either one, it's pretty stupid. Yeah, I mean. On a little bit of a serious note, like that Alabama thing is is pretty wild because like they portray this what they want to tell you about in the media is how well they play together as a team and what high character guys they are. And 
uh, how how like unselfish they all are. But at the end of the day, there's 13 scholarship players on a men's basketball team, and three of them were at the scene of a murder. Um, and their best player brought the gun to the guy who ended up murdering someone with it. You can argue like there's no crime. He he didn't. It wasn't his gun. Uh, he didn't commit a crime. But like his teammate was like, "Hey, I need my loaded gun because I'm in an altercation." And his first thought was like, "Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think I'm just gonna take him a loaded gun." And he hasn't missed a minute of playing time as a result of it. Yeah, I think that's my <clears throat> and Sasha. To your point, it's not really. Uh... You know, we joke we joke around on the show, and it's not really too much of a laughing matter anytime someone, you know, um, ends up losing their life. But that that was my biggest issue. Like, I don't know what happened, what didn't happen, what Brandon Miller, like, he claims he didn't see the text message, didn't know the gun was in the back seat. But like, it's a it's a pretty bad look for him to never miss a minute of game time. So, but I I think just the like just just karma. Uh, I'm going to have to not have Alabama coming out of the South. Well, and it's um, a, li- a little teaser for my picks. It's good that that came up because that's going to be like, if Alabama does go far in this tournament, that's going to be a back underlying kind of story of this tournament as we go through it. So um, for sure. something the general well, public is, should be aware of. Yeah. Well, this is going to, I'm sure I'm going to get made fun of for this, and it's going to make me sound like a huge nerd, which I guess would be um, like playing to the part. But I was uh, I was listening to NPR on the way to work today. Yeah. And it, <laughs> like, anytime, <laughs> anytime you, um, well, Sasha's not on the radio in the morning in Oregon, but so anytime you listen to NPR and they talk about sports, it's just, they've got like some herb on there that has no idea what they're talking about, you know? Um, but they, when they talked about the NCAA tournament, that's all they talked about was Alabama. Um, point, point being for like everyone outside of the sport, like, like huge sports fans who just turn like casually turn, turn in or tune in, which is a, which is a bunch of people. That's all like that's gonna be the story for everyone. Yeah. Is that is that Alabama situation? Yeah. That that aside, like Alabama does have one of the best teams in the country and could go very far in this tournament. Um and so it's gonna be an interesting like lens to view the tournament through is as how much that story permeates. Because the further they go, the bigger that story gets. That's that's what the NPRs of the world and like the news outlets that show up just for the final four are going to want to talk about if Alabama is at the final four. Totally. Totally. NCAA is hoping they lose. I'll say that much. The fix is in. All right. The fix is in. So you've got, <laughs> sorry, I took us down at, sorry, I took us down at bit of a rabbit hole, hole bit of a rabbit hole. Um, but you've got, so the way they, they seeded it was Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue, um, I, I know you guys have had a chance to kind of dig into the brackets a little bit, and I can kind of read off the two, threes, and fours in each region too, but I want to get into who you guys think has the toughest draw. And, and the way I look at that is like, what's the toughest route to get to the final four? So I don't look so much at like, who's your 16 seed? Like that doesn't matter. Even your eight, nine game, if you lose that, you you might lose it, but it's going to be a surprise if you lose it. It's more about like who are the other top seeds in your region. So 
Alabama is in with Arizona, Baylor, and Virginia. Uh, Purdue is in with Marquette, Kansas State, and Tennessee. Houston is in with Texas, Xavier, and Indiana. It's hard to find four seeds. And KU is in with UCLA, Gonzaga, and UConn. So, I mean, I'll just start here. For my money, KU got by far the worst draw in this. Yeah, 100%. It's not even, I mean, that's obvious. Without a doubt. Although UCLA's, what is it, their their top player towards uh, Achilles this last week. So, I mean, that's kind of a lucky draw. They could have made a push for a one seed had he not. And then KU would have got shipped somewhere else. Because if they beat Arizona in that Pac-12 championship game and their best player's not hurt, there's a chance they put them as a one seed over Purdue. Um, but it's- Yeah. I, th- I, I was just going to say, I think the tough thing for, for KU is, so they're the one seed. Three, they, they got shipped out to the West. And three of their other four top seeds, so the two seed UCLA, the three seed Gonzaga, and the five seed St. Mary's, are all West Coast schools. So, so somehow that they are at the disadvantage being the one seed because all the other top seeds are from out west. So, yeah, uh, um, I didn't, I didn't love KU getting overpassed by Houston. KU was seventeen and seven quad one wins, set the record for most quad one wins. I think Houston was seven and two. Um, both teams lost their conference conference championship games, um, so I thought KU should have been put in the Midwest. Um, you know, it's not a great job, draw getting shipped out west against a bunch of West Coast schools. Yeah, one other yeah. quick point about the draw in the West. Uh, for those of you who are into advanced analytics, um, obviously, like to me, Ken Palm is is the is the father of all advanced analytics in terms of like what people pay attention to and what came about first uh, in college hoops. The other Gonzaga, UCLA and UConn are actually all ranked ahead of Kansas and Ken Palm. Um, they're all in the top 10 in Ken Palm. Uh, UCLA is number two in the country. UConn's number four and Gonzaga's number eight. Kansas is sitting at number nine. So Ken Palm, take it for what it's worth. Like it's not the end all be all of everything, but that just tells you there's there's four top ten teams in that region according to those yeah. analytics. And and St. Mary's is eleven. Yeah, right. Aren't there six in the top twenty? In that, I think in that region there's six of the teams that are in the top twenty of the Ken Palm, which is just a absolutely wild stat to be in. Yeah, because Arkansas is mean, the same. That's KU's potential second round matchup, eight seed. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's definitely a tough. I think they got the toughest draw. The easiest draw, I think. I mean, anybody in the East, I think the East is wide open. Um, the problem with the East, I think, is that it's not top heavy with Purdue or Marquette. But Duke is the toughest five seed. Um, K-State might be one of the tougher threes. But I think Memphis is the toughest nine. I've got Memphis making a run for sure. Yeah. So I, think- I thought that, Nick, I thought the same thing looking at the East. is I don't, I, I don't get particularly scared about any of the top teams. 
But you start with the four seed. You've got Tennessee four, Duke five, Kentucky six, Michigan State seven, and then Memphis eight. Like those are, I don't know. To me, that's probably the toughest four through eight of of any bracket. What's What's interesting is, did the committee do a, a few favors to Duke and Kentucky? Obviously, they're five and six seeds respectively, uh, but they're thrown out there in a region in the East with the weakest one seed. A lot of people would say Marquette's the weakest two seed, although we're we're disrespecting Marquette a little bit. They won the Big East and the Big East tournament, um, but then Kansas State. Like they had a good year in the Big Twelve, but I don't think they really jump off the page as somebody who scares people as a three. And then Tennessee's starting point guard just tore his ACL. So um ah, that's good information. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh Zakai Ziegler um tore his ACL late in the year. And so Tennessee's gonna and, and they didn't perform very well in the SEC tournament either, um, after that happened. So um It'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back and make a run without them. But like, and then you've got something similar in the Midwest with Marcus Sasser for Houston. Um, had a groin strain in the semifinals of the AAC tournament. Uh, like, he's probably going to come back at some point in this tournament, but is he ever going to be 100%? We don't know. And when they played without him in the American Athletic Conference final, Memphis smoked him. So, um, that's something to look out yeah. for too is injuries and just knowing what teams are missing key pieces. UCLA is missing their second leading score and rebounder um, who got hurt late in the year. So um, there's, there's, there's a smattering of teams that may not be at the strength that the resume shows when play actually tips off. No, that Sasser injury is huge. I think because they didn't look as good, but it's also one of their first few games without him. So I think that's a tough, and I also, tough thing to watch. I think, I think Kelvin Sampson's an awesome coach. And I think like given he gets hurt one day and you play the next day, that's tough. But like given a few days to figure out a game plan, like Houston played the entire year without Sasser last year and still went to the elite eight. Um, yeah. So given that, and then given the fact that he might come back as the tournament progresses, like they're going to win their 16 game provided they can get through their one eight. He's probably going to be good to go for the second weekend. I think if he, if it wasn't like a situation where they're just getting ready for the NCAA tournament, he might've been able to play against Memphis in the final. I'm not sure he was on the bench in uniform. So that is just something to monitor. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's the injuries or the the legal variables or I don't know. This this year it seemed like just staring at the bracket seems like the toughest. I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no idea. I don't feel confident about anyone. Like there's not one team I'm staring at being like they're for sure gonna be in the final four. Yeah. Um it I don't I don't know if you guys feel the same way. So honestly, to me, the team that feels the safest is Alabama. And like we we've already talked about them a little bit and like what kind of story that's going to create, but um although nobody's immune because if you look at it like Alabama lost by 30 to Oklahoma in the middle of the season uh who got last place in the Big 12. Um KU at points in the season like they just 
They just lost pretty bad to Texas on a neutral. They lost at home to TCU by 20-some at one point in the season. But then at other points in the season, they've gone on five or six-game winning streaks against all quad one teams. So you've got that. Like Houston has looked pretty pretty solid throughout, but you don't really know what level of competition they're playing. And then they lose their last game of the year pretty handily to Memphis. Um, Purdue was maybe going to be the number one overall seed for most of the year. And then they, they lose several games down the stretch of the big 10, but then come back and win the big 10 tournament. Arizona only went 13 and five in the pac 12 UCLA won it easily, but now UCLA has an injury Marquette. Nobody watches the Big East because it's on FS1, so who knows? <laughs> and then you've got, like, Texas maybe playing as well as anyone right now as a two-seed in the Midwest, which is who Houston would go up against. So that's all your ones and two-seeds. You can say about any of them that they've had times throughout the season where you could see them losing really easily. And, like, I, I heard, like, like earlier today, someone was talking to me about teams that really did well with avenging losses throughout the year. So, like... And that goes for a lot of Big 12 teams because you're going to lose games in the Big 12. The problem is, in the NCAA tournament, you don't get to avenge losses. Like, you have right. to be ready to go and play good every <laughs> single game of the year. So I think it's super wide open. And and I think the odds show it. I haven't, like, really looked at them, but there's nobody that's, like, three or four to one to win it all. Um, and I, I think because nobody is that good to to be considered like that low of odds to win it all. Right. I And that was one thing I kind of leaned towards was looking at even going through the bracket, filling it out, looking at the big 12 teams and thinking, obviously with their schedule all season, you'd think them, but I don't think any of them were really a shoe in either. Maybe Texas. Um, but again, like you said, Texas is hot right now. KU's been beat. Um, Alabama got beat by Oklahoma, who everybody in the Big 12 beat. But there wasn't really any shoe-ins that I really saw either, besides, like you said, Alabama was my thoughts. Yeah. I've got one odds pulled up here that has Houston as the favorite right now at plus 500. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, that they should be. like I would say like Houston, Alabama, Kansas that's like your try favorites. Those are, those have been the three best teams all year. Um, and I, I would assume that they're all going to continue to be good. Uh, but any one of them could slip up at any time. Yeah. I think from a pure basketball team standpoint, it's got like Alabama has got to be the favorite. Um, you just, I, you just know the noise is going to get loud around them. The further they go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. They they have the singular best player in the tournament. I I think uh, he's going to be the the first college basketball player taken in the NBA draft. Uh, he also happens to be right. the guy we referenced earlier who brought the murder weapon to a murder scene. Uh, but that yep. doesn't change the fact that he is the best basketball player in this tournament. So that'll be interesting. So here's what I want to do, guys. We're going to give some picks. Uh, but we're going to do that at the end of the show. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to get into some of the NFL free agency stuff going on because there's a lot of stuff going on outside of college basketball as well. Then at the end, we'll give you our picks, tell you who we think is going to the Final Four and winning it all. You're listening to Bro Storm Sports. Stay with us. 
Having an event that needs amazing entertainment? Hi-Fi Productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around, winning Wedding Wire's Couples' Choice Award four years in a row. They know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We're going to get into the NFL free agency here in a second, but just real quick, did any of you guys see the Great Britain World Baseball Classic jerseys over the weekend? I did see them, <laughs> and I actually texted my niece, who's in seventh grade, to see if she had a part in designing them. Because <laughs> was was the font was it Arial font was it Times New Roman font what was it? It, it looks. I think little, it was the the standard Microsoft Word template. Yeah, whatever <laughs> font whatever font that is. They somebody was uh, like, "Hey, we need to make a uniform for this team," and then somebody else opened up Microsoft Word and just typed Great Britain into their computer, printed off a sheet, and said, "Just go put these on a shirt." <laughs> I mean, I know we're I know we're supposed to be talking about NFL free agency, but why don't you give the people what they want, Sasha? I'm sure there's lots of people tuning into the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, well, I read earlier today that 46 percent of Japan was tuned into the J- Japan versus China World Baseball Classic game. You think we really? got a big following Jap- in Japan? The Japanese, the Japanese love the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, they're into it. And also, Japan is the number one rated World Baseball Classic team in the world. Mm. They've got Shohei Otani. I was a, uh, I I tuned. Well, he's a stud. Um, I tuned in long enough to be disappointed and surprised that you weren't playing for the Czech Republic team, Sasha. <laughs> I <should have> <laughs> did you get a did you get an invite at least to tryouts or who do they have a catcher that's better than you well that's that's fair yeah that's fair i mean <laughs> i don't know a lot of czech catchers so actually japan played czech republic i mean did, was that a coincidence that you said that like i thought you were just making that up but they really did play them i i completely made it up so yeah i just I googled japan world baseball classic <laughs> to look up my like uh, my 46% <laughs> stat. And the first thing that pops up is Japan, Czech Republic highlights, Japan punches tickets, ticket to WBC quarterfinals. Sasha completely what's your, made it up. What's your pop time these days? Uh, <laughs> low, low ones. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's longer than his Irish car bomb. time. <laughs> 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 everything's longer than my irish car bomb time but. Uh, no i i um i haven't i spent 30 minutes last night reading about potential chiefs free agents i haven't read a single word of content on the world baseball classic so which so, is sad because i even like baseball so that's a good segue um Chiefs free agents. They signed Jawan Taylor today. Is How he going to play left tackle, Sash? I got to play left tackle. Four years, eighty million. He better be playing left tackle, potentially left guard yeah, too. I mean, yeah, I don't think <laughs> you want. I don't think you want to pay a right tackle that much, but I don't know. Veach seems to think 
he seemed it seems like his version of Moneyball is like paying right tackles slightly more money than they could make playing right tackle, but converting them to left tackle. Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly funny. what we did with Orlando Brown, right? He's also yeah. his version of Moneyball is also like letting guys that have played for you go only to sign a guy who's considered not quite as good to the same contract that you were going to give the guy that you already had. Cause they did that with Justin Reed last year. And then Teron Matthews signed like the same deal that Justin Reed got with the chiefs. So it's interesting. I, I know. Although I would argue that worked out. I'm not an expert, but seemed like we were better off in safety this year than we ha- we have been the last couple. Yeah, and well, the thing about it is, is like you don't know what the ARP open market is for you until you go into the open market. So it's one of those deals. Like Orlando Brown might be sitting here asking for twenty five, thirty million dollars a year, and so we just sign the guy that we could sign, and then we'll see what he gets. And maybe he ends up yeah. getting similar to what Jawan Taylor got, but we have no way of knowing that until he hits the open market. I mean, I have to I have to think the Chiefs offered like 4 years for 80 to to uh oh, Orlando. If Brown. not more. They offered him a good contract last year when he was on the tag and he turned it down. So, yeah. Right. I think they definitely offered him that. I think it came down to you got a few years younger. Although he hasn't played left tackle, I guess the hope would be that he can transition. I think he was a top three right tackle last year. So in that, he's probably going to get paid. What is the uh, the tag for an offensive lineman is what? Sixteen and a half million, I think, next year. Well, so if he would have got so here's, tagged. Here's the problem is Orlando Brown Jr. would have been in his second year on the tag. And it goes up exponentially as the like if you tag guys multiple years it keeps changing the rules on what you have to pay him the next time. So I think it would have been a really almost prohibitive tag this year. Yeah. Yeah. For, we better, we better. for Brown, it would have been prohibitive, but wouldn't have, if Juwan Taylor would have gone on to get the tag, then he would have only been around 16 for where he was at. And we're going to offer him 20 a year. Oh, uh, like think Jaguars would have tagged deal. him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. But other news in the AFC West, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo signs with the Raiders today. I think three years, (laughs) 67.5 million is what he got. First of all, are the Raiders better at quarterback than they were four weeks ago? No. Okay. Well, they're the exact same. The best, the best headline I saw on the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, signing was uh, Raiders odds changed before and after signing Jimmy Garoppolo. Before, plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl. Afterward, plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl. Not real good odds either way, sounds like. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say I think Jimmy Garoppolo will thrive in Las Vegas because he likes to date uh, porn stars, so I'll do great in that aspect. But I don't know. He's going to stay in Vegas. 100%. I guarantee Jimmy Garoppolo gave the Raiders a discount just because he wants to live in Las Vegas. 
<laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the bad the bad news is is he'll be on the he'll be on the IR with a different type of STD like every four weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> that might be the good news for us. I don't know, but they're I yeah I don't think they really made a move, and I would say that's between um, Derek Carr whoever their backup was the last three weeks and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not impressed either way. Yeah. Um, Stidham ends up on the Broncos. uh, So took care of that backup situation. Uh, Sam Darnold ends up on the 49ers. So they got a veteran in there to go with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. And then kind of like the two big elephants in the room is uh, Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson uh, reportedly the, the Jets and the Packers have an agreement in place. It's just a matter of what, what Aaron Rodgers, like if he gives it the go ahead now. And then uh, for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on him, which basically just means they don't have to pay him quite as much as they would have with the exclusive tag. Other teams can negotiate with them, but they can match any offer. And then if they don't match the offer, they get two first-round picks in return. It's an interesting tactic. So, well, I guess I'll start with uh, Lamar Jackson. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on the whole, the NFL's colluding against Lamar Jackson because people don't want to set a, reset the all-guaranteed contract precedent that Deshaun Watson did? So I don't know that it's collusion against him. But I think it's more of the agents and maybe the owners along with the agents saying, hey, man, if you don't have an agent, you try and represent yourself, you're not going to be able to get a contract or anything near what you think you're worth. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, it might just be the owners taking a stance, not so much on like resetting the market, but like we're not going to negotiate directly with a player. Sorry, get an agent. and Maybe yeah. we'll talk to you. That's that's a that's a really interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about. I will say I think it's a it is a huge deal that he doesn't have an agent from the pure like agents play a really big role in controlling the narrative and, and like and like manipulating the narrative and picking exactly. up the phone and like asking favors for GMs being like, hey, can you like, you know. Um, show some interest in a player or or like do you mind if I tell the media XYZ even if you don't have it just to do me a favor to like light the fire on a on a transaction and the fact that like he doesn't have an agent to control and manipulate the narrative I think is totally screwed him or yeah. he could call a GM and say hey I've got a hypothetical what if I had a former MVP that is still what is he 28 years old probably 29 years old that ran for X amount of yards and threw for this amount of yards last year, what would you possibly offer him? Whereas he can't call anybody and ask him that. So he can't get any idea of what the free market could be. Well, and the crazy thing is it's kind of genius by the Ravens. The only, the only non genius thing is, is if somebody comes in and gives them a contract that they won't match, they won't get as much as they would have if they just traded him. But in a lot of ways, it's really smart by the Ravens because these teams, like, they can't, they don't, they're not going to offer Lamar, like, some standard, like, the contract Kyler Murray got because then the Ravens just match it. 
and they got what they wanted anyways. Um, they just got another and, team to do you, it for and them. You pit, and you piss off all the quarterbacks on your team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you you do that, and like the Ravens just match it. And, and Lamar can't accept a deal like that because if he doesn't want to go back to the Ravens, any deal he accepts, the Ravens have the right to just take that deal and run with it. And so he's kind of in a tight spot there unless somebody wants to give him the fully guaranteed deal that he knows the Ravens won't match. And so these teams are like, like we really can't offer you anything except this crazy deal that you're asking the Ravens for. And now he's got to pay on a $32 million tag instead of a $48 million tag that he would have gotten if he would have played a little bit. And his agent could have explained this all to him. Like, dude, yeah. make sure you at I, least get the the non or the uh, exclusive tag. Yeah, dude, he he totally screwed this up. Um, you're you're correct, and I don't think if he would have had an agent, they would have ever let him put himself in this scenario. I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think there has ever been a player who who was given like tagged by a team. And then ended up going to another team because of the exact dynamic which you're laying out. I think I saw that Matt Castle, yeah, that's what I was, um, was the, is the only player ever from the Patriots to the Chiefs, but it ended up being a trade. So he didn't he didn't agree to a deal on the open market. So it just, I mean, I w- I was almost I thinking think there was one, but it was a non quarterback. Yeah, um, I was almost th- and you know by the way, I, as someone who used to be in this business, it's like, what would stop him from signing an agent right now? Like if I was an agent, I would go to him and be like, dude, you're, you're in a tough spot. Like, let me, like, let me help you. Yeah. Uh, You'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to pay me 4%, but like, it's going to be well worth it for you instead of like the way that you botched this up to this point. 4% alone is just worth not having to deal with all the shit. Like, right. It's like just controlling the narrative and, and like us and jobs having to just imagine you're trying to ask for a $50 million guaranteed contract. And these owners with their people are going to come out and say, Hey, but look at this one play you ran. Look how shitty you were that one time. And they're going to tell you, that's why you don't deserve a guaranteed contract, you know, yeah. or wow. here's your chances of getting injured. Like I would rather my agent hear that. And me just him sugarcoat it for me. Be like, yeah, we're still in, you know, discussions. Then they have to tell that exactly to his face. You know, so that's a tough side, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got like his mom in the middle of it. Like you, no, no bueno. <laughs> yeah, much as I'd love my mom to be negotiating on my behalf. <laughs> my mom is my agent, actually. Uh, <laughs> so where, so where do you guys think he ends up with the Ravens or somewhere else? I think he stays with the Ravens. I don't know that, as Sasha said, I don't know if anybody's willing to put on really all the due diligence just to offer something that the He's- Ravens would be able to match because they're not going to give him something fully guaranteed. Didn't uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson just restructured his deal so they could free up an extra, you know, 20 million or 30 million or something. So, so I think he plays on the tag this year. And then probably this is probably his last year with the Ravens. 
Like they work out a trade or something after the year with him. Cause the tag just gets pricier and pricier. And if he, but there's also still a chance. Like I think the Ravens can still technically trade him. So maybe it's one of those things like where he's negotiating with other teams and then they just work out a trade instead of doing the whole two first round pick thing. I don't know if that's actually right or not though. If the Ravens can still trade him with the non-exclusive tag on him. Would that be collusion? If they worked out a deal, because obviously in his being tagged, you don't have a, you know, no trade clause or anything. But if they worked out pretty much a trade and then said, hey, you deal with it. We don't want to deal with this guy anymore. But I think the, the media would come out and be like, look at how these, you know, owners colluded against this guy to go to. I don't even know where he'd go. To go to the Redskins. I guess they're not even the commanders. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> he just went back a couple years in time. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer him as the Redskins, honestly. Sasha, I don't know about you guys, but Sasha looks very confused right now. I'm, I'm just looking up some stuff on if the Ravens can still trade him. It, it looks like they can if they want to. I think they can. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. But, but not but not to the Redskins because they don't exist. Just yeah. the Redskins would take them. Just uh, real quick <laughs> before we get out of this segment, how long is Aaron Rodgers going to hold everyone hostage in this Jets Packers deal? Well, he, he said it would be Park? quick. He said it would be quick. But I bet he holds everybody hostage as long as he possibly can. Um. He just loves the limelight. Like he's, I used to love him, and I still think he's a great quarterback. But he kind of has turned heel. If any of you uh, listeners watch, you know WWE, he's gone full heel. He's Hollywood Hogan. It's over. I, 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 I don't know that term. He's turned heel, but uh, <laughs> he, he's by far my least favorite player in the NFL. Um, what about the Sean yeah, Watson? I hope I hope that he goes. I hope that he goes to New York, and him and Nat can't hack it. Pi, just just like burn it all down in a flaming pile of, I don't know, something. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm ready for him to be out of the league. Yeah, well, maybe he'll retire. Maybe he won't. Sixty million dollars says he probably won't. But we'll see if he's on the Jets or the Packers next year. Can we, uh, Sasha? I know you hate when I do this. Can I? Can I? Can I throw in one more question for you guys? Even though I know we're not probably talking about draft. Yeah, go ahead. So the Bears trade their first round pick to the Panthers. <clears throat> do the Do the Panthers draft Bryce Young? Do you spend that first round pick on a guy that's as big as me? <laughs> Wait, how big a boy are you? Well. <laughs> well, height wise, <laughs> height wise, I'm strong. I'm stronger than Bryce Young, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> obviously, uh, it's tough to say. He's like not consensus number one, but a lot of people think he's going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, but the Panthers were rumored to have liked C.J. Stroud better, um, as as it may be. So I don't know, like. 
obviously you trade up to number one, you're going to take a quarterback. It's just whoever it comes down to who they think's the best. Hopefully they have a pretty strong opinion about that. Otherwise they're dumbasses for giving up all of that to trade for number <laughs> one. Uh, but maybe they're just dumbasses. I don't know. Yeah. I did see CJ Stroud's uh, draft. Uh, if you're gambling on it, didn't he just go to like minus yeah. 150 or something? He became the number one sure. after they made that. CJ Stroud became the favorite to be the number one pick after the Panthers acquired the number one pick. So I think I think I would take Stroud over any of the other guys. I don't. I'm not into the short quarterback thing. Turns out these linemen are tall, and you need to be able to see over them. Yeah, that is how it turns see, out. That's, that's kind of a facade, though, because uh, everything does move around when you're in the pocket. Coming at us. Yeah, coming oh, at you yeah. hard right now. <laughs> it's you do move around. It's all about. It's more about arm angle than anything. Um, does he throw from a shoulder? Does he throw from over the top? Yada yada yada. But so just just Nick, just so we know, just so the cloud knows the 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 crowd knows what they're dealing with here. Can you give us your the brief rundown of your quarterback accolades? Um. Well, I hope they're watching. I actually just have this sitting here. I Shrine Bowl two thousand six Shrine Bowl back up in front of the screen. Kansas Shrine Bowl. I was going to bring up the Shrine Bowl. It's, Were you the MVP? It actually that game? Just sits in my office. I would have been had I not fumbled a. Uh, uh, we tried to do a trick play and I fumbled and we almost lost, but we won. Otherwise, I probably <laughs> wouldn't still have been, but I had a chance. So, yeah the the short quarterback thing is is real, but you do move around in the pocket. You're creating angles and things. Um, would you, would you I never had Bishop Carroll. Yeah, but I never had a full line of seven guys. Well, that's one hundred percent true. If the Bishop, the average height of the Bishop Carroll offensive line is the same (laughs) as the Carolina Panthers, I didn't say not (laughs) quite. (laughs) They were a little shorter. Um, Probably not as strong either. So it was, uh, you know, a little bit different. But at the same time, you know. Sometimes it's best to take take a chance. You never know. But I think they, I, I think they'll go with CJ Stroud over uh, Bryce Young. I do think Young's good, but he is a smaller dude. It's just the same as same as Kyler Murray. You can game plan against him so easily now. Kind of see you can keep him in a po- in a pocket. But I think Bryce Young is a better pocket pack yeah. passer so, than Kyler. We went from For like sure. you have to be six five to be like a number one overall pick to like okay six two or six three is okay to like okay it's okay if you're five nine but you have to be like the best athlete on the field and you have to be fast to like okay you're five nine you're also not that fast and that good of an athlete but who cares exactly so like it's exactly. it's going pretty rapidly in one direction and I think it's going to normalize it's like anything else the pen- pendulum swings. Like enough of these short guys are gonna not do that well, and they're gonna realize not everyone's Russell Wilson or Drew Brees, and they're gonna like start drafting tall guys again. Somehow yeah, but Russell I missed Wilson. That. I missed that pocket. I, can you imagine yeah. if Charlie <laughs> Ward had uh, had 
played in today's age, like he never would have been an NBA player. He would have been the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, but agreed. Anyway, Sasha, I agree with your analysis. It's really only Drew Brees who was five eleven. By the way, I think Russell Wilson was never that good of a six, pocket passer. Six flat. Drew Brees. Like the only the only reason Russell Wilson was good all those years is because they they ran the ball a lot and he moved around a lot. Like last year, he tried to be a pure pocket passer and that worked out awesome for him and the Broncos. All right, guys. Great for the Chiefs. Speaking of tall athletes, there's plenty of them playing in the NCAA tournament. On the other side of the break, we're going to give you some picks on our NCAA tournament brackets. You're listening to Bro Storm Sports. Stay with us. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. Nick, how many natural lights have you had tonight so far? <laughs> well, the wife's out of town, so I upped it from my typical four on a Monday night to uh, I just cracked my sixth one. So we'll see <laughs> how smooth. Right. I mean, I've got four more in the fridge, so we'll see if we get to 10 or not. Yeah, it's going to be wild. So what we're going to do here is... Uh, Tell you our final four picks, um, and then give you our champions. So we'll just we'll go region by region and give them one by one. So out of the South, Nick, who you got coming out of the South? Um, South, as I um, you know teased everybody earlier with telling, just showed my cards as you could say. I've got uh, I've got Alabama coming out of the South. I do think. I, I do think Arizona is going to be good, and I like Baylor against them, but I think Bama comes out of the South for sure. Okay. Scott, who you got out of the South? And your uh, your Elite Eight matchup to get there, too. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take Arizona over Alabama in the Elite Eight. I um I said it before, I think I think karma and I think just the pressure and noise of the situation is going to get to Alabama and Brandon Miller. Um, so in Arizona, I thought I was going to go to the Final Four last year. I think they get over the hump this year. Uh, so I'll take Arizona over Alabama. Yeah, that's a good See, pick. I, sorry, I only think, though, the big time that whole stuff about Brandon Miller would come back up would be if they got to the Final Four and then you've got the big lights on you traveling so i think it may be easier but it is going to be a national conversation the further they go along yeah for sure yeah i think you get pretty big by the time you get to the elite eight yeah to be talks they they should have done a special with uh with tom rinaldi in an interview with tom rinaldi (laughs) ahead of time so he could just point back to that and be like i already told tom what i know but they didn't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they did. Uh, they have. Seems like Alabama's thought everything through pretty well. So yeah, maybe they did. Exactly. I've got uh, Alabama beating Baylor. Although I don't know that I love Baylor going to the Elite Eight. Like they don't play any defense. Uh, but I think Alabama is the most talented team in the South. So I got Alabama beating Baylor. All right. In the East, Nick, who's your regional final, and who do you have going through? So the East, I have. I do like Marquette beating K-State. And then I've got Memphis upsetting Purdue in the round of 32. And then actually Memphis going to the Final Four. 
I think they're strong. I think they're hot right now. They're going to be confident just beating Houston like they did. So I've got Memphis in the final four there. I got them losing to FAU. <laughs> well, that's stupid. So there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> there's a... Uh, but, I mean, that's – I don't really like Marquette. I haven't really watched him at all. But, you know, you look at the bracket, you kind of get stuck on the two seeds. I thought K-State had a chance, and I was like, could they really beat Marquette? Probably not. I don't know. So I went with Memphis. I think the East is going to be a free-for-all. I'm going to take the cheese. I got Kentucky playing Duke in the Elite Eight. Christian Leitner, Grant Hill matchup. Um, and I'm going to take Duke to go to the final four. Christian Leitner and Grant Hill both play on Duke. You know what I'm, you know what I meant? I couldn't, think, <laughs> I couldn't think of the, I couldn't think of the Kentucky player who was on the other side of that. So I just, I just, I just went with it. Yeah. Uh, I, Duke just won the ACC tournament. I really don't like John Shire that much, but I think he's got him playing really well and talent wise. Like they've got freshman McDonald's All Americans for days. Um, and Roach, who's their who's their point guard, is really good too. So I'll take Duke over Kentucky in the Elite Eight to go to the final four. All right. Sasha so, is, is Duke gonna back. win their, their matchup? Their first round I've got, matchup? I've got Duke losing <laughs> losing to Oral Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wrote Oral down, but I thought you had named them something so else. Essentially, I, I missed up. Both, mixed both up. teams that you guys have going to the Final Four out of the East, I have losing in the first round. I've got Purdue playing Kansas State in the regional final, and I've got Kansas State going to the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break, dude. The kitty cats. Marquise Noel <laughs> and Keontae Johnson, best two players on the floor. All right. All right. Let's keep In the moving. Midwest, who you got, Nick? Midwest. Well, I know I picked um, Indiana earlier this year to make a run, and I, I do think they have a chance. But I got Indiana losing after they beat Houston. Because I think Sasser's going to come back in that game. He's going to retweak his, uh, his growing. Then I got Indiana playing Texas and Texas actually beating them. I think Texas gets hot. I think they win. I think it's kind of landslide through. They're going to play who's Colgate. I don't know. I don't even use them to brush my teeth. They've got A&M after that. Then they're going to beat Iowa State. And then they're going to go ahead and take care of Indiana. So that's well, where I got A&M does have Dexter Dennis, former Wichita State Shocker, which I almost employed the strategy of just picking teams that had former Shockers on them to go really far in this tournament. Uh, But there's too many of them, so I just gave up. Yeah, this this one was my, I think, my clearest region in terms of how it was going to go. Uh, I've got Houston playing Texas <clears throat> in the Elite Eight, um, and I think that that game is going to be a 48-42 basically wrestling match on the court. Um, I don't think Houston lets it slip through their fingers with the chance to go to the Final Four in Houston. 
So I'll take Houston being beating Texas. It's the highest scoring wrestling match I've ever heard of. Yeah. So I mean, they're like they they're few teams physically match up with Texas. I think Houston does. So yeah. Texas, I'll agree with that. Played really well lately, so I gave them a few wins. Got them in the Elite Eight. Uh, provided, I mean, it's a big if, but if if Marcus Sasser can be good to go, but even if not, I've got Houston beating Texas as well. I've got Houston going to the Final Four in the Midwest. In the West. I'll go to Scott first on this one. Yeah. I, um, I don't like the matchup for KU. I already said it. I've got KU playing Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. To be honest with you, it's in Vegas. Gonzaga probably should win that game. As we already talked about, Drew Timmy probably abuses KJ Adams. Um, but I'm going to take Bill Self's coaching and KU's experience. I'll take KU to beat Gonzaga to go to the Final Four for the second straight year. It's a bold call. Nick. Bold call. I, you know, I live in Kansas City. My wife is a KU grad. If she listens this long into the podcast, I might get kicked in the nuts on Tuesday or she Wednesday. Won't. She won't. Fine. Um. But I have, I've got KU losing to UCLA in the Elite Eight. I think even with UCLA losing their top player, I think it's going to be one of those, you see one of the the backup come in and somebody's just going to get hot. They're going to find a way to win. And then I think UCLA goes to the Final Four there. I think that'll be the toughest game for KU, but I think it'll be a good one. UCLA has a lot of tournament experience on that roster and like guys who've been to a final four. So um, they do Tiger Campbell, Jaime Jaquez, Mick Cronin. Jaquez I love Mick Cronin. What a name. Mick, Nick, they rhyme. Whatever. Yeah. But Nick's got UCLA. So our final fours are... Uh, mine's out, or I haven't given mine yet. I got KU beating TCU uh, in this game. So, uh, so I've got Alabama, Kansas State, Houston, and Kansas. Nick has Alabama, Memphis, Texas, and UCLA, and Scott has Arizona, Duke, Houston, and KU. And J Miz, just for good measure, has Alabama, Kansas State, Kansas, and Texas. Uh, he wanted to set, sub in Gonzaga for Kansas. Oh, so oh, give him Gonzaga. that was. Uh, <laughs> I was thought he was telling you to do that, but he no. meant for himself. Okay, Jameis yeah. has <laughs> Alabama, right. Kansas State. We got to get Texas. the listeners off this podcast. All right, who's your champion? real quick uh, final game and champion, Nick? I'll be quick. I got Bama playing UCLA, as I told everybody earlier. Roll fucking tide. Let's go, Bama. <laughs> All right, Scott. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas over Arizona. Um, oh. 78-72. Rematch of the 1997 Sweet 16. That's right. The great Mike Bibby. Arizona won that one. <laughs> 
and then went on to win it all as a four seed. I've got uh, Houston over Alabama. Houston cuts down the nets in Houston over Alabama. Mark it down. You better, you better hope Marcus Sasser's healthy. And Jameis <laughs> has Texas K-State. It's a wild assertion. With uh, <laughs> Texas winning it all. So, UT Longhorns. So, Jameis, you're nuttier than squirrel turds for picking K-State to go to the <laughs> national championship game. <laughs> But we got a nuttier and squirrel turds reference. No better way to end it. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Brostorm Sports Podcast. Follow us on the socials, TikTok, Instagram. Check out Brostorm Locks on TikTok as well. Uh, that's a good one. That's where you can find picks and things of that nature. Uh, and check us out. We, we, fired up a, we fired up a bracket on ESPN. It's the Brostorm bracket. Just search for Brostorm. We can... Uh, maybe drop a link in the show notes um, so people can find that and join us for our bracket challenge, the bro storm bracket on ESPN. This is going to do it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.